Hello, hello, listeners to the Third Way podcast. Um, I am joined today by Keila Bristol. Keila is a dear friend of mine that lives in the uh, Boise, Idaho area. Um, I think we've only maybe met in person a couple of times, but we've stayed in touch over the years and um, have become really good friends, um, even if it's a virtual Zoom-based friendship. It's still a wonderful friendship. Keila is a yoga teacher and health coach and um, has what I think is an incredible story of awakening. And so that's why I wanted to have you on, Keila. So thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you so much for asking me. I'm pretty thrilled to be here. Yeah, so it was funny because the whole point of this podcast is to have, is basically record conversations with my friends or, 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 or people that I know, you know, essentially many of them are friends, but, um, and so we always have the start off, like, how you doing? And then we start to get into stuff. And I was, and I'm like, wait, wait, let's record that. So let's just, we'll just let the audience back into what we were talking about related to a book that I was recommending to you called whole brain living. Um, and the the point of whole brain living is that we're actually four quadrants, you know, two hemispheres, four quadrants, left brain, uh, quadrant one is rational um, thinking, um, uh, left brain quadrant two is irrational thinking, or emotion, what they call emotional thinking, right brain quadrant three is logical um, creativity, essentially. Um, and left brain, uh, right brain quadrant four is irrational feeling. So think of thinking and feeling. Yes. So anyway, that's the, that's the book. I'll, I'll link to it for you guys that are listening. I'll link to it in the show notes as well. So, so, you know, you had, uh, you've had an interesting life, but at some point you had an awakening, you had a moment and maybe it was a dawning, maybe it didn't happen all at once. And as much as you feel comfortable, I don't want you to feel ever unsafe or anything, but if as much as you feel comfortable at that process of awakening and finding out that what the life you created was not the life you wanted, even though you kind of liked the life, it wasn't like it sucked. Yeah. I think a lot of people, Keeler, are in your shoes when it comes to consciousness or awakening or finding their soul, which is, it's not like they're escaping the sh- something shitty. It's just something missing that shows you that you have to trade your old life if you want to have the life you're here to live. So can share a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and, and I'm comfortable. I'm just, I'm comfortable sharing, um, my story for sure. Um, so I would say that this all started to really ramp up for me around like 2015 and, um, and in a couple of different ways, I, my now ex-husband, Um, and I owned a business, a restaurant together and he still does. And, um, I was a very supportive wife and I have a tendency to support other people's dreams really, really well so that I don't ever have to do anything. And then I can stay safe and never Mm -hmm. take risks Mm -hmm. and, you know, just kind of hide And I didn't realize it for a really long time that that's what I was doing, that I was, I got into relationships to hide. Mm. And, um, and so 
Yeah, we, um, we got married. We had this great life. We had a couple of kids. We had the house, the cars, the, you know, everything was very, very shiny on the outside Mm -hmm. and it got busier and busier to the point that I just felt like I was on this high speed train that was absolutely out of control. And we didn't have time for the things that I felt really mattered. And that was when I started to experiment with meditation. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't even looking into meditation for the benefit of meditation. Mm -hmm. It was purely to stop watching TV at night and put headphones in and put on calming music and try to just find my center in the midst of this storm that I was in. I was just trying to find like a calm in the storm. Mm-hmm. And then um another thing happened around that same time that was um totally out of left field as far as like some, I mean, it was something that I became part of and it was one of my brother-in-laws needed a kidney and my other brother-in-law was the match. And so I went down to kind of be a witness to this whole surgery um, and this absolutely beautiful experience that it turned out to be um, this selfless giving And through that process of going down there and witnessing what kind of turned out to be such a spiritual thing, like my intuition really started to wake up and I did not know what was happening because there was a little bit of complication at one point. And I found myself talking to my sister and comforting her about her husband um, from a voice, from a place that was not what I would consider my own at that point. And I found myself like reassuring her with complete confidence, like everything's going to be fine. Nothing is wrong here. And I would say that was kind of my first really strong experience with an intuition moment as well. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. It seems like over the place, but that's kind of where it all started. No, it's great. It's, it's fascinating because it seems to happen in the midst of life it's not with this idea that you have to go on a spiritual journey externally maybe you know i mean indigenous people had vision quests but they only lasted i think a couple of days Mm -hmm. um and um it's this this um tendency it seems in um western culture to think that enlightenment is external and different circumstances than you're already in yeah and it is neither Um, you know, I think of the story in the, in the, in the book of Acts of Saul, who became Paul, you know, getting a divine intervention on just walking down the road on the way somewhere. And it seems like too, when you see acts of love, it makes you question your own priorities. Um, I remember watching, uh, Lone Survivor in the movie theater. Mm -hmm. And when it was over, I started to weep. And I could not stop crying for about 20 minutes because I realized that me teaching brand coaching is, you know, it's good, but it's not what I'm here to do entirely. You know, there's an element of it because a brand is how other people experience what you believe, but certainly not that. I'm not trying to be Marcos Luttrell or his fallen, you know, um, Navy SEALs, but that was that an everyday moment where you're like, oh shit, I'm something's off here. So 
what was the as you so as you began to you know we have the thought or the idea or the or the intuition starts to kick in and then you start to make a little bit of a plan that's so you start to, and then you start to execute mm-hmm. as you started to execute on changing your life to that was more way more oriented with your wishes and dreams and wants what were some of the most difficult things to execute on uh Number one, coming to terms with all of, I don't want to say my bad behavior, but my ego, like really coming face to face with my own ego and becoming conscious of it. Um, mm. That was something really difficult. Um, I also... Am from what I always considered a really close family, and we are a close family. We love each other very much, but um, from the point, from the place that I stand now, we're just not like a terribly um, emotionally deep family. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of codependent tendencies as well that I sort of woke up in and didn't ever realize that they were there. And Mm -hmm. so that was really challenging. Like, I think that some of my biggest challenges came just going to family events again, or having my family over and having to step outside because I realized all of the ways that we had been bonding were talking badly about other people, complaining about the world, Mm continuing to focus on things that weren't going well, um, you know, like that whole us against them mentality. And, and I don't feel like I had a radical spiritual awakening by any means, because, you know, I still go to sleep and wake back up and go to sleep and wait, you know, I slip mm-hmm. in and out of consciousness all the time. And then as soon as I'm not present, I try to bring myself back. But um, it was really, really hard just having all of this new awareness pouring in and then realizing I don't want to be around these people and not around these people. Just, I don't want to be around this consciousness. Like it feels terrible. And Mm -hmm. I never, um, like, I guess for a long, long time, I didn't realize how badly I felt in my body, which is why I, Mm -hmm escape into my thoughts and overthink and things like that. So once I started slowly inviting myself back into my body or just being aware of how I felt, I realized how badly it felt to participate in those conversations. And it was painful and left me standing in a place of, I don't know how to have relationships with the people that I love because I don't know how to relate to them anymore and I don't want to judge them and I don't want them to think that I don't want to be around them, but I just, I didn't know how to relate. I would say that probably to this day is still one of my biggest challenges. Boy, that's interesting because I had this conversation with my, my partner, um, um, uh, Virginia a couple of days ago or yesterday actually about why, for myself, why I have, I've lost the ability to have, which kind of, this is two parts. I've lost the ability, I guess that's the word or the, or the, uh, 
the tolerance of thin conversations, especially thin conversations that involve like uh, activities like or alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'd like bourbon and I, you know, I drink bourbon, but I it's, you know what I'm saying? It's so, but my reaction to that isn't, you know, is it, well, that's just a tendency or a preference or something like that because of my, I think childhood trauma and being told repeatedly as a child, what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. That's my first reaction. And then there's social pressure. I hear people say to me, why don't you just have more fun? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I am fun. I'm just fun about the things that I enjoy. I don't, I don't, I can't do that. And and I think it's a similar thing with people like family members and stuff that have gone like full MAGA, you know, QAnoners. It's like, yeah, I don't, there's no, re- that, that's not, you can have a, uh, uh, sometimes you just gotta have a relationship from a distance. Mm-hmm. And I think where I'm at in this, in this is, you know, I think of Charles Bukowski's quote, I ain't got time for things that don't have soul. Ah, yes. And my, my version of that is I ain't got time for people that don't have soul. If you don't want to talk about deep things, I'm just, I mean, does that make me arrogant or some sort of like spiritual elitist that I don't know? Do you you know what I'm saying? I very much know what you're saying. I, I have that same feeling where I just, and for me, I feel like my soul is just stepping in so strongly and it's just like, give me the meat. Like, I just want the good stuff. I'm so tired of, you know, because I have a long history of people pleasing and being quiet and, you know, all of these things led to me staying small. And I still struggle with coming out of my shell and letting my voice be heard. So thank you so much for this moment in time because I was nervous about coming on here but it's so it's so what I want and I want to grow mm-hmm. in these ways where I'm not afraid to be seen or be heard mm-hmm. um but yeah I I can't I have a hard time just with the surface talk I I I want to talk about the things that matter and I think our world needs it so much yeah. it's and I view it now is somewhat privilegy you know I mean there's that doesn't mean I, I'm not a glo- I'm not a nihilist. I'm not you know I'm not a gloom and doomer. But you know there's real problems in the world, and um, we you know we live in a consumptive society and unsustainable use of resources. And you know again I'm not a gloom and doomer, but I'm also not a unicorn fart sniffer either. You know where we're going to talk about fantasy football and what what kind of lawn care you had and you know where you had a wine tasting or whatever. Like I again as I say it, there's a part of me that's like, dude, you're being an elitist. Um, but so as you think about your, it, it appears to me, um, and I think this is a place that a lot of people really never find themselves in is that there's this separateness between their spiritual life and their, say their career, but it seems like you are integrating these two things into one life in a, yeah. in unique ways, you know, as a yoga teacher and a, and a health coach, but also as a girls basketball coach, as an example, <laughs> And that's cool because I think, again, that's the practical spirituality that the world needs. I mean, you go back to the founder of my faith, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, he was a practical dude, you know, feed people. Don't be an asshole. When people are hurt, do something for them but, and believe in miracles. I mean, yes. in, in your daily life, you know, it's, it's, it's not that, it's not that hard, but it is complicated or complex, I should say. Yeah. So I would how do you, how are you doing that? How are you, what else are you doing or how do you feel about? Do you feel integrated? Do you feel like there's separateness still in your life? Um, 
Gosh, that's such a wonderful question. And I guess I'm just going to try and answer it as honestly as I can. I, I don't know if I'm telling the truth or not, but I really don't feel like there is any separateness anymore. It, not much at all. Um, I, I got divorced this year and it, that was kind of, um, that was a hundred percent me stepping out in faith because mm -hmm. I left a, a wonderful man mm -hmm. and I just had to listen to my body and I had to listen to what I felt like my soul was telling me to do. And, um, so I'm, I'm in this sweet surrender and, you know, at first it felt like I was in a free fall for, weeks or months when I really began to commit to surrendering to the direction of my soul. I am not kidding when I say that I feel like I could feel the ground, like breaking and falling out beneath me. It was mm. so yeah. real. Mm -hmm. um, my, it my is real. <laughs> had to fall apart in a way. And, yeah. and I had to step out and start doing things that, I believe my soul needed to do. I think I needed to go through all of these experiences where I believe in myself. I believe I can support myself, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, so old Keela would never have accepted this position as a middle school basketball coach because, you know, this, my story would be, I'm not qualified enough. I don't know enough, all of these things. So it just kind of so happened that it was, around the last new moon. And I had set all these new moon intentions that included, I just want to follow the direction of my soul. Like I'm just more and more. So every single day, I just, I, that's all I want to do. Like, I just want to be a vessel in this life for God, for the universe to express through. And so, um, I had volunteered last spring to teach these girls on the basketball team, heart focused breathing techniques. Mm. And I kind of, you know, slipped it in under the, I mean, it's not under the guise cause it is real of just, you know, better focus improvement of, you know, that kind of stuff, but really it's about becoming heart centered. And I mm. saw them struggling with emotions and I knew I wanted to like help out in a way for this younger generation. And I, I would love to, and I do work with adults too, but I love working with kids because mm. adults get really stuck in their ways and, you know, teens are a little more malleable. Right. And so, um, back to the new moon and setting intentions, I was, you know, sitting right here actually in this chair, kind of like speaking it out loud as the sun came up that morning. And 15 minutes later, I get a call from, this coach that I worked with in the spring. And he said, Hey, Keela, I don't know what you're doing for work right now, but I've got this assistant coach position open and I want you to apply for it. And it just was so far outside of my comfort zone, but I just got chills all over my body. And that's always my yes. That is mm. my sign from spirit that it's a yes. And that, you know, that's just, the way it ended mm -hmm. up going, I was like, okay, you know, I don't know a lot about basketball, 
but I'm into it. I want to work with the girls. I love the mentoring side of it. And so I'm learning, they're learning, we're learning from each other. And I, I look around at them every single day I'm there and they just, they have no idea of their gifts and how beautiful they are and how amazing they are. And I know at the same time, they're just mirrors me. So I also have to remember that about myself when I have my bad days and when I'm just like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not doing enough. Right. Well, in the format, we've reached our time. So I don't know whoever said always leave them wanting more, but I hope at least I'm wanting more. Every one of these conversations, (laughs) we, you know, we could talk and talk. Um, So um, thanks for doing this with me. And um, I look forward to hearing more about your journey as it continues. Thank you so much.